63 just wasn't meant to be, Suns fans. Tonight, the Phoenix Suns went to Memphis to play the Memphis Grizzlies, a team with nothing to lose. I mean, seriously, they had nothing to lose in this game. They are locked in for the number two seed, six games above the Golden State Warriors. So, fuck it. They decided not to play the majority of their starters. 80% of their starting roster was not in this game. Matthew, their head coach, gets tossed in the second quarter. Yet still, against a fully healthy Sun squad, Cam Johnson back, JaVale McGee back, they win 122-114 to 114 against the Phoenix Suns, man. Yeah, and I think uh, winning number 63 is a little bit more special when you have the starters playing, of course. So that's what I think the Suns are trying to do, right, before we start resting players. Um, so, I mean, it might happen to where the Suns win number 63, maybe in a game where they have all the starters benched towards the end of the year. I mean, towards like maybe the last few games that they can't get this win like the Grizzlies did tonight, right, where they kind of just come out and they start off hot, and then the Suns just can't cool them down. I'm sure the Suns thought they could towards the end, but mm-hmm, it just, of course. the effort wasn't there. I, this is the way it's going to be the rest of the season. They're just caught in this purgatory right now between yes. the playoffs and a record that they just want to clinch before they actually go into the playoffs. And we are too, Suns fans. There's not, there's not a lot you can take from these games. There really isn't. I mean, we're going to talk about things on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast and, and try to make analyzations and takeaways from this game, talk about some effort, talk about some focus, talk about areas of opportunity. But Matthew, you had the perfect word, purgatory. The Suns are in a purgatory right now where it's hard to stay, hard to maintain the energy levels. It's hard to maintain the focus. We saw it against the Golden State Warriors just a couple nights ago. That Suns team came through and won that game. Tonight, we saw it again. So if anybody wants to look at this game, a game in which they had none of their starters in and we had all of our starters in and make their decision on this team, a 62 and 15 team, and think that this be locked in, ready to go for the playoffs. Suns basketball. This in the chat says fake game was a nice prank. When's the real one going to (laughs) start? Happy April Fool's Day, fans. Happy yeah, April I did forget Fool's about Day. That. And really quick before I forget, is that LeBron James thing? Was that April Fool's or not? I didn't have time to look at into it today. Yes. He said he's out yeah. for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's, he, I think he's that was April Fool's. Of course, I think it was shortly okay. announced that he's coming back. He's going to be trying to play. I think tonight he's playing tonight. Of course, of course he is. So. Damn it! <laughs> I saw <laughs> that and I was excited. I told a friend at work, I'm like, "Oh, he's out." And he's like, "Dude, I think that's April Fool's." I'm like, "Ah, yes." It's of course, April I get. There's no way LeBron would do that. So, Chris yeah. Cummings in the chat gave us five bucks. He says, "Take this game tape, shoot it, bury it, move on." Amen. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Uh, very well said there, and I completely agree. There's not much we're going to take, but we'll, we'll talk about plenty on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you happen to be watching along live, you are a true Suns fan after uh, watching that game and coming to a place in which you want to share your thoughts, your feelings, and hear what we have to say about this game as well. If you happen to be watching, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe. And if you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button so you can get elite content. Uh, start bench and trade jersey number two will be going up next week if you're listening to the podcast on google pods and spotify and apple podcasts 
subscribe, rate, and review there as well. And head over to Apple Podcasts if you have Apple Podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read the Apple Podcast podcast thing right here on the show. So uh, it's a Friday night, Matthew. I'm going to be popping one. Oh, yeah. Follow the show at Suns Jam. Follow me at Darth Void. Follow him at, at Matthew. Matthew see. I'm popping open a nice cool Coors Light. I know that you are too. So let's. Oh, let's of course. Yeah. Let's pop it open. Of course. <sighs> let's talk about what the takeaways are for this game against the Memphis Griffins. Yes, yes, yes. It was a 122 to 114 victory for the Memphis Grizzlies at home with the B squad. But it brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, the, the Suns, they look like they didn't care about this game. I'll ask you this. Should they? I don't know the answer. I really don't. I don't know. This is the first time you've asked me one of these questions and I don't have an answer for you because I don't think the Suns even know. I don't think DA even has an idea. He doesn't know the agenda going into this game. Wait, do am I supposed to play hard? Am I out here just playing? And you're telling me, I think they tell him, you know, don't try too hard. And then we, we kind of bash the guy. I don't think he's trying hard because he's not supposed to. This is just a weird deal. And we talked about it before. Like, this is what we're going to talk about when we clinch the number one seed. It's like, yes, we're going to start resting. It's going to be one of those things where, you know, these players are going to look like they're effortless. And with Chris Paul's not getting mad out there until the very end of the game. I think we're okay to say this is a game they're kind of just cruising through, right? Yeah, without a doubt. And it's it's frustrating for sure because this is a team that we have a certain expectation for. We're used to seeing them unbelievably locked in and unbelievably focused game to game. So when we see any spat of that not occurring, we voice our opinions and and our we throw our hands up in amazement. We're like, hold on, well, where's the Phoenix Suns team that I know and I love? And again, it's we're we're in cruising mode. Uh, Metal Mike says in the chat, totally cruising through. That's yeah. kind of where we're at right now. And you mentioned it, and it's correct. We knew that we'd have these conversations once we hit, we clinched the number one seed. That it's trying to, as I said a few games ago, mimicking what Eddie Johnson said. The Suns are going through the process of ending this season. They now have five games left. Their nine-game win streak is over. They didn't win game number sixty-three, and it's not the end of the world. We're still easily the number one seed. We're a team that I'm not afraid of having a lack of focus in the playoffs. This game is a game that I will, I will give credit to the Memphis Grizzlies and their scrubs. I will give credit to the effort that they, they put forth. Walter Lazo asks, was that vanilla? That was a vanilla effort by the Suns. That was vanilla focus by the Suns. This was a team that we had the expectation that going into Memphis, they would be locked in knowing that the majority of the starters would be out for Memphis. And from the jump, they were out hustled. I mean, Matthew, did the Suns get one loose ball in this game? Did they get one 50-50 ball or was everything out hustled? 
No, because it's not max effort. It's not like a Giannis effort out there that I keep hearing about where Giannis just never gives up. This is That's the way this team plays. When you know those loose balls aren't being picked up, you know the team is not really mentally there. And EJ even said at the end, you know, just your mind is like the the – it's the one thing that you really have to hone in in these games when you're going towards the end of the game where the Grizzlies, you know, are they're starting hot and you kind of kind of cool them off in a way, but mm-hmm. you get to bring your mind to that point to where, you know, you see it in the NBA where a lot of these teams are like, oh, we'll turn it on when we want to turn it on. It's more difficult said than done, right? It's just, it's one of those things done than said, whatever. It's one of those things where the Suns got to a point where they started the second half and they started off hot. I'm like, okay, here we go. Maybe we mm-hmm. can just take this game over a win. But no, I mean, the Grizzlies had their bench out there. They had those guys on the bench that are usually their starters all dressed up, looking really nice, looking like a sun's bench out there. I'm used to the sun's bench out there dancing around. I'm not used to these other benches like yeah. the Grizzlies standing up, dancing, not sitting down the whole game. I'm not used to that. So when you have that behind you, you're going to make these crazy plays. You're going to have that reverse dunk by whoever the, whatever the fuck his name is from the Grizzlies. And they're going to be going crazy because trying to cool that off in the end, it's not going to happen. And I don't blame the Suns for losing this game. I like how book did, you know, get his 40 points. Wait, did he get 40 or 39? At the, um, I, I think he, I think he ended with 40. Okay. 41, so got, 41, for 41 Booker tonight. I like how he still got his 41 and just went to the locker room to the, after the loss and just didn't shake anybody's hand. Cause that's, that just shows you how crazy Booker is. And we have him here in Phoenix for forever. He just, you know, it makes him sick to lose his game yes. because of the effort of the Suns. but it's just one of the things he has to put up with the rest of the season until this playoffs start. No, agreed. And it's, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns are a team full of sickos. They're basketball nuts. And they they went into the fourth quarter with an 82 to 81 lead. This is the first time this season that they have lost after leading going into the fourth. They are 46 and one. And essentially what happened in that fourth quarter is the same thing that happened throughout the entire game. The hustle wasn't there when it needed to be. They, they gave up a 12-0 run, and that was it. And it was bad possession after bad possession after bad possession. Turnover, turnover, turn. And Eddie said it on the broadcast. They're going down. They're not even getting shots up on these possessions. And when that happens and you go against a team that is hungry, that is focused, that is at home, that has the crowd behind them, they're going to win that game. And the Suns have overcome throughout this entire season time and time again. But guess what? At the end of the day, they're still just a basketball team. And they still have flaws. No team is perfect. And I'm sure you listened to the Bill Summons podcast today. One of the things that he said about this Phoenix Suns team is they are like a cyborg. They are like Terminator 2. Perfect. Yes. And that is a great, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody today. And I was having that exact, I was echoing what Bill Simmons said because that's how this team is. So the fact that we're seeing a little chink in their armor right now is frustrating again for Suns fans because we're used to them being Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator 2 style, just infallible, untouchable, unbeatable. And tonight they were beat, and you have to give credit to the Grizzlies, and you have to give credit to the efforts that they put forth. Is it frustrating? Absolutely. You know, I'll I'll kind of kick it off with uh, one of the most frustrating things, and I know that, you know, of, of course, anytime uh, De- uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton has kind of a, a lackadaisical effort, I mean, DeAndre Ayton was kind of the personification of the the Phoenix Suns. He was out-hustled tonight. You saw that time and time again. He was not focused. 
you know, I, I put it on Twitter. He was hesitating. He was he was too hesitating. And the thing that I noticed, the, the number one frustrating thing that I saw in this game, and the reason that you knew that DeAndre Ayton wasn't engaged in this game, hand up. He did not have his hand up oh, on defense to not. contest shots. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, the closeouts were bad. He he jumped up a few times just putting yeah, his yeah, chest yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he like yeah. hopped yeah. <laughs> like he was on a trampoline like, or something. They must have told him, hey, put your hands down, dude. <laughs> like, save your hands for the playoffs, DA. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and that's the thing where Aiden – okay, so it can go another way. So the other way it can go is Aiden does try really hard this game. And I'm not a big injury guy, right? I didn't worry about Chris Paul signing like his injuries. I don't care. I want the winning right now. I want him on my team. But the other thing that could happen in these games, DA goes all out, has a great number. His numbers look great. We win by 10, we get 63 wins. But an injury happens or something, right? Mm -hmm. That could be the other thing. And then we're sitting here talking about, and I would. Why why did we play them? playing these meaningless games that's yes. the thing think but about that never, Suns fans yeah and if the Suns get hurt if one of these players get hurt or something and i'm not speaking into existence i talk about this every podcast yeah you do if it were to happen <laughs> if it were you're to happen ne- you're like I next be, season <laughs> yeah exactly i wouldn't be i wouldn't i would be upset but i wouldn't be mad the Suns for playing these games to get that record because i want the record the Suns players want the record but there it comes at a price to where they're not going to get their full effort and put their bodies on the line unless you're devin booker and you're just flying all over the place and trying to get the end ones because he's the only one out there doing it tonight. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely correct. But what killed this team was the efforts of DA. That's the way I kind of look. Now, Grant, they were kind of not locked in overall. But you look at the fact that the Phoenix Suns gave up 16 offensive rebounds and only had two. You look at the fact that the Phoenix Suns had two second chance points and the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies had 30. Yeah. 30. Second chance points. It's all right, yeah. I mean, and and they look look at how many more shots they had in this game. The Phoenix Suns took eighty six shots. The Grizzlies had a hundred and two. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that that's the story of the game. You can blame some of that on Da. I, I I blame a lot of it on the guys around Da not crashing the glass and trying to help him out. Uh, I I don't know what was going on. Like they could not grab the ball. Every rebound was like the shakiest rebound ever. It's like they mm-hmm. grabbed it and it was like a cat with yarn. There's like, oh shit, oh, fuck, I can't, get, I can't get my hands on it, my paw, you know, and like, and 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 they and and kudos again to the effort put forth by the Grizzlies team. They swarmed the rebounds. They were pressing full court the entire game. Like I'll tell you, Jarrett Culver, remember that guy, Suns fans, the guy who the Phoenix Suns drafted and then traded in an effort to get uh, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Mm-hmm. The only thing he did well tonight was pick up campaign full court. It's like all he could do. It's like he's not like I'm not very good out here. I'm not very good at this. Uh, I'll just, I'll just full court it, and that that's what he did. That was his contribution. But they did that the entire game. Their effort was relentless, and they won the game because of it. They won by a total of eight points because of those reasons. And yeah, you can you can you can dog da. You know, twenty five total minutes played, four for eight from the field, nine points. He had twelve rebounds, none on the offensive end, uh, and had. Four personal fouls. But I'm going to go back to the first stat line I just said right there. 25 minutes played. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Devin Booker played the most for the Phoenix Suns tonight with 37. Chris Paul had 31. Mikhail Bridges only had 32. Jay Crowder only had 28 minutes played. It's good. Those are those are the stats we have to be looking at right now, in all honesty, right? I mean, we're approaching the end of the season. 
we got to make sure that this team's primed and ready and healthy. So you're getting a little bit more bench play because the bench is now healthy. And th- I mean, sh- that those are the numbers I'm focusing on right now, probably because we lost and I'm trying to find some. <laughs> I hate losing. I'm just, I'm, well, I'm like you, Suns fans. Like, it sucks to yeah. lose, but you got short-term greed, long-term greed, right? Those minutes are going to go down. They, they're going to go down even mm-hmm. more. So they're going to try to squeak this one out, I feel like. Um, but, you know, like when Chris Paul hits that three and they go down by eight late in the game, I just I start laughing. I just love this team so much just because it's like you're watching this game. You're, I'm just I'm paying attention, but I'm just kind of zoned out. I'm just like they're not giving it their all. But then when they try to have that comeback, Chris Paul has that hits that three right after Devin Booker does. Yeah, I'm like this is I just love this team so much. Oh, I know, they're just, right? They're they're just amazing. They, both of them, the best backcourt in the league. You can trust these guys in the playoffs unless they get hurt or something. But I just I just love it. Even though if we're not going to win this game, I don't know. I was just smiling and laughing. I was having a good time during this loss. And that's yeah. really weird because the last one, we barely won. I was having a hard time with that. And I realized after you brought me on the podcast, you know, we, we sat down here and you're just like, Matthew, it's this is the way it's going to be. I'm like, okay, I'm chill. And I was tonight. There you go. There you go. The gummies are kicking in. Big Dick Booker. As we mentioned earlier, 41 points for Devin Booker on 17 of 28 shooting from the field. With this 41 points, he is now at 1757 points on the season. He needs to average in the last five games 34.6 points per game to catch Tom Chambers. So, I mean, he did his effort tonight. He needed 35.6. He dropped that by a whole point with his effort tonight. Uh, It's one of those stupid little things that I'll continue to monitor. I know it won't happen because, as you mentioned, as the season progresses, knowing that we have games upcoming against the Oklahoma City Thunder and the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, like those numbers and minutes will come down. But a, a solid effort by Devin Booker, especially in that fourth quarter when it no longer mattered, you know, I guess is uh, when I'll, I'll kind of point to that one. But Devin Booker in that fourth quarter, 18 of his 41 points, 8 of 11 from the field. I mean, he did everything he could to get this team in there. We just gave up 38 points in the fourth quarter, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And he might be still going after that MVP that I think he deserves. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's something where, you know, we keep here on the podcast where uh, Bill Simmons, even KBOC saying like, we can wait till the end of the season. We can wait till the last game is done. The final buzzer has rung and then we can come back and we can look at these players, look at everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's something there for Booker to really play for still. That's why he had the 38 minutes. That's why he wants to get those, gets those points up and he wants a little bit of help to get the win. Um, but I mean, the, the 14 points in the first half, four for seven after last game was just a terrible game for him. And he knows that he had some really yes. good looks. Nothing was going in, but he was feeling it. I don't feel like he wants to lose a groove going into the playoffs. So we were just talking about minutes going down. I don't know if this guy's minutes will ever go down. I think like he is just so focused and he's just on a different level this year. And we always talk about what's his improvements, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the three point shot, um, uh, ball handling, um, anything that he can improve on to really just build himself as one of the best players in the game. He's kind of has everything he needs, right? Defense defense this year has been better. Now I feel like even last year, he's kind of building up these moments, right? I mean, the stats are always going to be there, but I feel like the way we're going to remember Booker is going to be the moments, the moments like in this game where he just, he won't give up. We're always going to talk about years from now. Be like, remember that season was like, we're trying to get our 63rd win and he just will not give up. He's playing 38 minutes. And he just goes straight to the locker room, doesn't shake any of the Grizzlies' hands. Like, I knew that moment he was special, right? 
this year he's had moments in the finals. He's had moments. And he's going to have more in the playoffs. That's like his next step. Yeah. It's just gathering those moments for us to remember him by. Well, and again, you know, I too often I've been as of late, I've compared him to Michael Jordan just because I think that he, <laughs> he shares, you know, he has that mental toughness and he has that fuck you attitude and he has that. I'm going to use anything I can to try to motivate myself. And even in a game like this, where the rest of the team wasn't engaged, you, you didn't get that from Devin Booker. He was hustling his ass off on both ends of the court. He was making, when he committed a foul, he made sure it counted. You know, he had Dylan Brooks to deal with. And everyone knows how I feel Dil- like about Dylan Brooks. He's got one of the most punchable faces in the NBA. Uh, he's my top punchable face in the NBA. He's not as ugly anymore, though. He, he yeah, looks well, a little bit better with his hair. So. Yeah, well, I, I do. No okay, face, <laughs> there you go. He's uh, so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll we'll still uh, you know give you props, I guess, on that one that he's he's got the 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 lack of that crazy hair all over the place. But uh, I still am not a fan of him in any way, shape, or form. And I still have this. This lady and gentleman is why I hate Dylan Brooks. I fucking hate this guy. You know, didn't um, Austin Rivers get kicked out for elbowing someone like that the other night or last night? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I just, I can't stand the guy. Uh, He's, and and that people respect his hustle. I respect his hustle. I just, something about him. I just, for the longest, longest time, I can't stand him. Uh, but, but, but back to Devin Booker, our all NBA guy, you know, again, he's not going to get the MVP, but even in these games, they matter. And he's trying to put an exclamation point on this season for himself. And I don't Mm -hmm. blame him for doing so. So go get that first team, all NBA, Devin Booker, you, you fucking have earned it. Uh, a couple guys made their reappearance tonight. So it's, with my great pleasure that we can once again welcome back to the podcast, Cam Johnson. Lights, Cameron, action. Listen, I know, 0 for 5 from the field. He had one point. Okay. Understandably yeah. rusty. Uh, I did think he get fou- he got fouled on that one play. Uh, I forget who it was. Oh, well, yeah, he did. I mean, where he put his hands up and just came down on him. They didn't call anything. <laughs> he swatted him with both I, hands. I, I know, right? So, uh, but welcome back, Cam Johnson. Do, do you have anything real quick you want to throw out just to welcome back to the pod? It's been a while since we played that drop. What a dog shit game by him. But uh, I love him. I can't wait to have him back for the playoffs, dude. Um, it's good to see him out there, but it was a dog shit game. <laughs> he was terrible. I've never seen a worse outing in my life. From That was like oh, his younger, like, um, just voice cracking, uh, ugly brother out there tonight. It was nasty. <laughs> and then, of course, Double O McGee. Welcome back to JaVale McGee. Uh, JaVale McGee was a, a big bright spot for the Suns tonight. Eight points, 12 yes. rebounds in 22 minutes played. He was four from seven from the field. Those two second chance points by the Phoenix Suns. Those were by JaVale McGee. He earned those. Uh, it was great to have him back. You know, f- fantastic rebounding, fantastic engagement. We missed him for a couple games, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, I missed um, the, the turnover tonight where he had a uh, bad turnover, and then he ran back and had a perfect block, ending up in yes. Cameron Payne's hands for a good little run on the other side. Um, I miss. I just, I miss him so much. I didn't miss him as much as Cameron Johnson, but I thought McGee, you know, needed a couple games off. And I think that he got the rest and 
tonight just shows you how valuable he's going to be in the playoffs. You know, the, the stats aren't too great. I mean, they're bench numbers, I guess, with the eight points, 12 rebounds. Yeah. But he just, he was the bright spot. He was something that I was really happy to watch out there because he, he was in a total groove on defense, I thought. I mean, he can only do so much sometimes when guys have him that deep into the paint. Mm-hmm. But he was he was someone that gave a lot of effort out there other than the other center that we have starting for the Suns. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you look at that other center for the Suns, DeAndre Ayton, the man whose name we shall mention. Uh, they both had 12 rebounds each. They counted for 24 of the 39 rebounds by the Phoenix Suns tonight. The Memphis Grizzlies had 48. And remember, mm-hmm. they were playing without Steven Adams. So I'll ask you this. You know, this potentially could be a Western Conference finals matchup potentially there's a long journey to get there for both teams but if the phoenix suns are to play against the memphis grizzlies in the western conference finals rebounding could be an issue against this team is this a concern for you if we have to play this team um yeah so two things one thing yes of course i think rebounding has been an issue against any team right now as of late it has been i know we have yeah. size but i mean it's only gonna be eight and out there really in crunch time so who's gonna help him grab those boards because anything that goes up that's a long rebound or something that bounces up high goes into the back end of the paint i'm like who's gonna grab that because aiden can't get back there but the thing is i really think how it's gonna pan out i really think that the grizzlies will play the clippers and I think the Clippers can beat the Grizzlies in the first round, so I don't have to worry about them. So I think the Suns will have to face someone like the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. So okay. I think that um, the rebounding thing, though, it really is something where every team we go against right now, it's a concern. So I don't know how they're going to handle that. I don't know if that's just a hustle thing or whatever. But ever since you know Chris Paul went out, remember with how bad it got, it hasn't really regained its strength like it was in the beginning of the season. So I would like to see that before entering the playoffs. Or we might just have to wait till the first round. But okay, we're back to rebounding the ball. We're okay on that end. Well, and and I'll say this about the Grizzlies. You know, this is a team now that this season the Phoenix Suns are one and two against. This is a team that if you look at the way that they rebound, they're the best rebounding team in the NBA. They're number one on the offensive boards. We can vouch for that tonight. And not including tonight, in the first two games against this team, we averaged 40.5 rebounds. They averaged 54.5. So they have, in three games against the Suns, obliterated us on the glass. Obliterated. So if this is a matchup in the Western Conference Finals, it is definitely something of note. And what scares me about that is the one thing that always scared me and annoyed me and frustrated me and pissed me the fuck off when we played the San Antonio Spurs during the seven seconds or less era. We couldn't get a fucking board. We couldn't get an offensive rebound. Meanwhile... They were crushing us on the glass, and they kept themselves in the game, much akin to how they did tonight. It's a system thing. You saw it tonight with a bunch of scrubs back up their effort. They are coached to to crash the shit out of that glass on both ends of the floor. That's the that's their system. That's how they operate. So if the Phoenix Suns have to play against the Memphis Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals, they better be ready to protect that glass. I would not be surprised to see the Phoenix Suns run some. JaVale McGee at the five and DeAndre at the four lineups. I would not be surprised in the slightest because both of those players can offensively navigate against the Memphis Grizzlies on the other end, uh, especially if you have Steven Adams out there. You know, he's a solid rebounder, a pretty darn good defender. But if you got two twin towers out there, you know, but they also got Triple J and Triple J is another guy who's, you know, in the conversation for defensive player of the year. So 
this is this this is a real team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my wife tonight. She's like, the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know any Grizzly fans. I'm like, no, there's, none of us do. She's like, Grizzly no, they're Bears. Not, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't really know yeah. a bunch of. You know, I've barely even heard of that team, and they're the second best team in the league. Why does nobody talk about them? I'm like, they're a mid market team, much akin to the Suns, who are just they played solid basketball. And it's not a main, you know, nobody likes to sit there and show Devin Booker shooting jumpers, so they don't show it. Same thing with the Grizzlies. Yeah. Rebounding isn't always sexy. You know, like, ooh, let's show the highlights of that Memphis Grizzlies game. It's like Stephen Adam grabbing 14 boards. You know, it's like no one wants to watch that. But I definitely think that this is something to be concerned about and a preview of what could happen in the playoffs. That's how this team could advance is it by could, owning the yeah. glass, right? Yeah, and also I, I wanted to ask you too. Don't you think Aiton and this might not be a thing, but can he just play Stephen Adams off the court? And then if JJJ is just there for crunch time, Aiton over JJJ. You know what I mean? So I don't know if both those players will be on the court when it matters. But I just I just think that Stephen Adams, like a um, Gobert, or even like not a Jokic, but more like a Gobert or something where. Aiden in this offense and just play him off the court, right? He can't really keep up. But if it becomes more of like a half-court game, then of course it'll be an issue. But I just think if the Suns can pick up the pace in those games, I think they can really play him off the court. But of course. Maybe that's not a thing because I think Steven Adams fits very well with this team. Like he blends in very well. So he might that might not be a thing. But that's what I'm just thinking. I, well, I can't and- think like all of a sudden like Steven Adams and JJJ are something to fear in the playoffs over like a DeAndre Ayton. I just think DeAndre Ayton has that experience already. And I think he can really – there's only one guy, Giannis, that I'm scared of. Giannis and Brooke yes. Lopez of the the the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks that I'm actually really fearing going into the playoffs. That's That's about it for the bigs. Well, I'll say this. You know, one, I don't know if you can run this team off the court. We saw tonight – that they like to get out and run, that plays into mm-hmm. their hands. They play with the third highest pace in the NBA. And secondly, you know, Mario Lopez says in the chat, JJJ averages like five rebounds. He also leads the league in blocks. Yeah, he's a great defender, right? He's Defensive a great defender, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. He is, you know, not in my house kind of shit. So you combine, he lets Steven Adams get all the rebounds, and then he, may, he takes care of the glass, and then that's how they kind of operate uh, in that space, you know, Steven Adams, 14th in the league, he averages 10 rebounds a game. So there's a, there's a defensive effort that's going to be occurring down there when we play this team in the playoffs. If to your point, if, if we both make it, I mean, you, you have to, uh, uh, both teams obviously have to make it. So I did uh, a thing of note. And the thing I definitely wanted to talk about on this podcast is just how this, this team is scary and, and our one weakness can be rebounding. We've seen it. And the other weakness that we have is three-point shooting. You know, like if we give up a ton of three-pointers, we lose. But that's like every team. And over a seven-game series, that's not necessarily sustainable. I'm not worried about teams shooting lights out for seven consecutive games against the Phoenix Suns and winning it, or even four consecutive games and winning it. I'm more concerned about a team that knows how to beat us physically on the glass because that's what that is. That's that's effort and physicality on the glass. And the Phoenix Suns potentially – could lose due to that they could but the suns have so many options too in the playoffs right to where teams can just go one they'll, they'll win a couple games against the suns but the suns just have so many op- options offensively even with cameron johnson coming back where you know there's so many different places the suns can go and i just think a lot of teams just don't have that and that's the reason like why booker won't win the mvp because there's so many go-to guys you can you can go to <laughs> go-to guys you can very go simple to. huh yeah i mean i guess it's that easy cute you know, obviously, <laughs> cute. 
Uh, obviously, another thing that really hurt the Suns tonight, uh, you know, so it, it is almost like this perfect storm, right? Like you're getting out hustled on the glass. They kill you with second chance points. And then the Phoenix Suns go and they have 20 turnovers in this game. That ties a season high. The last time they had that many turnovers was against the Toronto Raptors on January 11th, a game we actually won. But that being said, this was just kind of a perfect storm. It, it storm. You know, it's like we said earlier. It's like this is one of those games that you just kind of put together, burn it, bury it, move the fuck on, right? Yeah, and plus, is is Booker going to have PTSD when it comes to, like, kind of cruising through these games and stuff back to the old years when he had to sit out the last 30 games? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't I think he not. wants that. He's like, I got enough rest in the past, right? And he's already, like, the 30 youngest to 11,000 points with all that rest. So I think he's just like, oh, I don't want any more of that. I just want to go in there fourth. Who cares? You know, we're supposed to play these games. Come on. Like, why can't we just play these games and just get these wins? Let's do it. Yes, yes. That's what he's it's, thinking. It's, yeah, it is. He's, he's like, come on, guys. Get behind Ooh. me. You know, uh, campaign. Really solid game for campaign. Yes. You know, he was in that first half, which was, it was a rough first half for sure. I mean, the Phoenix Suns were out. They were down 16 like it was nothing. It was 11 to 1. And I was like, what? It was, a, yeah. You know, and, so, you know, just like that. Boom, 11 to 1. But campaign really had a solid game. He was a plus 12 in that first half. He was five for six from the field throughout the entire game. One of two from beyond the arc. He had five assists. He had 11 total points in 17 minutes played. Uh, unbe- unbelievably productive night for him. And again, we talked about it recently, how he's the one guy who really has to adjust with Chris Paul coming back. He's the one who's going to be getting kind of these spotty minutes and trying to keep this team and himself engaged as possible with that second team unit as he reacclimates himself to that unit. Uh, what do you see from campaign tonight? And how do you feel he's going to end out his season? Oh, he's playoff ready. He's been like that for a while. But um, him getting the rim like last game where he just doesn't stop, that's what I love the most about him. But leading that second unit in the second half or the second quarter where it because I was listening to the game, of course, on the radio. Yep, but yep. it just sounded like the second unit was nice. I'm like, they're coming back. They got the Suns back in the game. And actually, I was talking and trying to take some notes and it was probably a bad idea even doing that while driving. But I was just saying, like, <laughs> could we just ride out the rest of this game with the bench? You know, the starters started. Could we just do the bench with some Wayne right in there? Uh, yeah. Put in some Holiday. Where's Holiday? Give me some Iffy Lundberg, man. Give me some. Yeah, yeah give me some Aaron Holiday. Where's Aaron let's Holiday, see, yeah, man? Let's go bench the bench. We got our starters yeah. in there. So they're part of this win already. So let's do that. They got him back in the game, uh, led by Payne. And I think Payne's just ready. I think he's. He's excited. He still gets in his head a little bit. He had that a little bit tonight. Just like, oh, my bad. A couple fouls that were bad. But he, um, he's he's a dude that I just trust. And I was talking to a guy, too, at work today. And he was asking, like, Chris Paul, like, how many more years do you think he has? That's good. How many more years does he have in him? And I was like, I think he has three good years. Like this, I think so, three, too, actually. Three more good years. And he's like, wow, really? I'm like, yeah, but if it doesn't work out, we got Cameron Payne. We got him as our backup. And then Chris Paul can be our coach. So yeah, either way, like this guy, you know what I mean? So Cameron Payne is, he's learned so much from Chris Paul. You see games like this where they need his leadership. Cause even Chris Paul didn't really have it in him tonight to really lead this team. But Cameron Payne can be that guy. I really think that's the next step for him. Right. I completely agree. I completely agree. And he is the future of the point guard position of the Phoenix Suns. And I love the contract that we have him on because it's the perfect contract that aligns with Chris Paul kind of fading to that next step in his career. Everything's lining up perfectly. So long-term the Phoenix Suns have made the right decision Uh, in this game. I really feel like 
you're right. This is how the Phoenix Suns should should operate in my my humble and personal opinion. They should have the starters all in there. You have them play six minutes in the first quarter. Let Devin Booker play the whole first quarter. It's what he does, right? And I'm just saying for the next, like, three games. Okay, there's five games left. The next three, maybe four games. That's exactly what you do. You go six minutes for all the starters. Let Devin Booker go to the end of the first quarter. And then you play your second team and third team unit in the second and third quarter. And you end the third quarter with about four to five minutes with all the starters again. And you let them play about another 12 minutes. Right. So everybody ends Mm -hmm. with 18 minutes. Devin Booker ends, you know, with about 24 minutes and go from there. I really think it's because we're so deep because everybody's healthy right now. Right. JaVale McGee back. Cam Johnson back. Get these guys engaged. Get them going. Get Ify Lundberg out there. Let him get some minutes. Let the team get hyped about another guy coming out there and, and scoring, you know, his first points with the organization and first points in the NBA. Use those little opportunities for victory because. There is no real reason for me, perfect personally, to see them try to pull. You know, and I mentioned earlier there was less minutes for Chris Paul. Everyone across the board, there's less minutes, including Mikael Bridges. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. let's finish this process of the season. Let's finish the process. That's that, that's what the the Grizzlies did tonight. They took what the Suns did against the the Warriors and did it uh, a step further. Because when the Suns played against the Warriors, all the guys played. They just played very basic basketball mm-hmm. the grizzlies are like we're just not going to play our guys what's the point yeah. we don't want to show these guys anything we don't want to put anything on tape for the phoenix suns and they still came out and beat us which is a huge mental edge for them right it is it is and the energy too that you have from your 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 bench going out there and playing the, like the way that the memphis grizzlies player plays tonight it's that's what you want to see from the suns coming up because it's going to happen there's going to be these games at the end of the season i keep saying at the end of the season it's already the end of the season i know right? the last few games of the year where booker's gonna be there smiling cheering on these guys as they get like their 64th 65th win um i don't know what the rest of the record really is or who they're playing but it's going to be games like this where and that's going to the energy that they get from that the suns that's going to ride into the playoffs. And then that's a lot of momentum too, for those young guys, the guys coming off the bench like that are going to play some decent minutes in the playoffs. Exactly. Give them like those 30 minutes heading into the playoffs. It'd be nice. Well, and like Aaron holiday is not going to, we're not going to see Aaron holiday probably very much in the playoffs unless the matchup dictates it. Right. Some of these guys aren't going to get much mm-hmm. minutes in the playoffs. So, but they can give you minutes now, but they might be called upon. We saw it last season, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Chris Paul goes down with, you know, a shoulder and then COVID campaign has to step up, which opened up other minutes behind him uh, for like the likes of uh, uh, what's his name. It's not Langston. Who's the other guy? Mm. So close. Alfred Payton. Uh, nope. He wasn't on the team last year. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Javon Carter. Nope. The other, the other point guard. Langston Galloway. No, the dude from the Pelicans. Oh my God! Oh, each one more. Each one more. Yeah, each one more is Aaron Holiday this year. So the opportunity mm-hmm. might present itself. So yeah, you want to keep these guys as engaged as possible. So yeah, or else Ooh, I mean we're that struggling was here. Yeah, we're struggling on this pod to talk about stuff just like the Suns trying to like. Well, how about this? Some energy. How about let me tell you about what I saw when I was on my subreddit stakeout match. Oh, the Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. So there I was during the game, hanging out on the Grizzlies <laughs> subreddit. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That was great. Thank you. 
<laughs> you you like that? Ah, uh, I like it. Did any of the jamsters uh did they recommend the subreddit stick out? No. No, I also, came you up chose with, your own shit. Yeah, I chose my own shit. I read it. I, so uh, Jamsters, I appreciate you. <laughs> I thought it was really good ideas that you came up with. Uh, but at the same time, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go and uh come up with my own thing. Look. Um, so so here are some of the things that I read on my subreddit stakeout while I was hanging out in Memphis. Now I will say this: you know, my, my Reddit username is Sun's Jam Session, right? And like halfway during the game, I actually posted like it wasn't a, a straight up stakeout. It was like me hanging out in the car, drinking coffee, out of the tree. Chips, <laughs> and then, and then I, like, fell out of the tree. And I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? You know, like I, I said something in the chat, you know, I, like I, I gave props on their team. I'm like, hey, you guys, the way that you're hustling, like I, I'm happy for your team. I'm happy for your fan base. You know, so like I let them know that I was there. Did they uh, comment and say, well, yeah, some people were okay. like, you know, like, I hope you guys lose, but we like you too, kind of things like, mm. you know. Good luck losing to our playing the Clippers in the first <laughs> yeah, round. Yeah, I know shit. My, that might Lakers. be us. All right, so uh, bench guys are hungry as fuck, is one commenter said. This is a win for Jenkins by resting his starters in so many ways. And I think we could agree on that, right? This was a win yeah. for them in so many ways, uh, especially mm-hmm. considering the fact that, you know, they, I mean, every, every reason that we've already talked about, the energy that they brought in this game, the way that they navigated the boards, the way that they uh, just out out focused, out energized the Suns. It's a win across the board, and the fact that they did it without their starters is just like yeah, yeah. So and really quick though, it is a win. But I'm telling you, man, the way the Clippers and the Lakers will be heading into the playoffs as seven and eight seed, just because yeah, Anthony Davis is back tonight with LeBron. I'm not saying that they're gonna be you know cooking. But they're going to have a full head of steam going to the playoffs. So if mm-hmm. you start resting and stuff, and you come back, and all of a sudden you're playing the Clippers with Paul George has been playing the rest of the year, it's not going to be as easy as you think. So, anyways, we'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll we'll see. Oh, and and Christopher Stewart Principal uh, Principe Principe. Am I saying that right? Principal. It's not principal. I'm sorry. Uh, he says, "Question: Why do we struggle on the glass system, players?" Um, Matthew, do you want to kind of take a stab at that, or oh. would, you, would you like me to? It's always the hustle. I mean, you and coach, um, they always, you guys always talk about, you know, this guy's supposed to stay in there and all that stuff. I just think it's the hustle. I think it's absolutely that. I think that was what it was when it first started when Chris Paul left. It was just the uh, the kind of recognition. Like, there was, no, there was no accountability on the floor at all. So that was the one thing, but I think it's just the hustle. When these guys want the board, they can go get it. They have Bingo. the players to get it. Just go get it. Bingo. And again, the thing to remember, the Phoenix Suns are fourth in the NBA in defensive rebounding. They're fourth. Okay. They're 21st in offensive rebounding and total rebound that rebounding that puts them at 11th. But when you're looking at total rebounding, the numbers, all everyone's kind of right in the bunch. It's just a few percentage points on top of that. So to your point, Matthew, they're a team that definitely is when they're engaged, they're a good rebounding team. I felt like tonight they just weren't necessarily engaged. Okay. Back to my subreddit stakeout. The sun's jam session subreddit stakeout. Yeah, so there I was on the Memphis Grizzlies subreddit reading what they were what they were typing. Uh, here's another <laughs> comment. Yo, our third stringers are clapping these fools. Hardest working team to the last man on the bench and even into our G League. How can you tell? Leading the rebound in restocks, rebound, steals, and blocks. Shit. We'd fill grocery shelves if they just play the broadcast over the intercoms. 
It's a great okay. fucking comment. <laughs> it's a great comment. Uh, Jake, Jenkins playing 8D chess. He knows we're stronger with less people, coaches included. So Taylor Jenkins gets tossed from the game in this one. Tossed. I got to say, that that Natalie Sajo, she's the referee who, who tossed him, double-teed him and threw him out in like the second fucking quarter. What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised with anything right now with these, uh, especially um, was it Chris Middleton that won the elbow, right? Or who was it that did the the faux elbow to um, Austin Rivers' head? It was it Lance was just, Stevenson. No, no, no. Just last night. I think it was Chris Middleton. He got tossed, too. Oh, yeah. That. Chris Middleton. No, no. Chris Middleton got tossed because of a hard foul. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, too. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Austin Rivers got kicked out. Never mind. That yeah, was Austin Rivers. I'm such an idiot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by it at all. I mean, these refs want the, they want any kind of spotlight they want, like any anything that they can get to where uh, their name's thrown out there on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I guess so. They'll do it, right? <laughs> That's what they do it for. Yeah. I mean, Nat- Natalie Sago or Sajo, I think it's Sago, but she, she's somebody who I've noticed in the past who is very trigger happy. I feel like somebody says something and she, I mean, she, Heat up Devin Booker after he made a three or made made a jump shot. Dylan Brooks fouled him. He turned to Dev, Dylan Brooks and said something. She teed him up. Wasn't directed at her. Yep. I can't stand referees who try to mm-hmm. who do who who try to act like America does sometimes. Yeah. You know, like they're like, I'm the world. Yeah, I'm getting in the middle of everything. I'm the world police. We don't Very see it as good. much these days. You know, but back in the Bush administration, we were the world police. America, fuck yeah. We're here to save the motherfucking day, yeah. Like, that's Natalie Sago. In is, this, yeah. And she tosses the guy right away. And I'll tell you this. Fun fact, Jamsters. I planted two Sago palms yesterday in front of my house. And they are two, we, two of them. Two little, inches off the ground. Yeah, like two inches. They're little tiny Sago palms. We bought them from Costco. We were going to plant them in the backyard. We found out that they're poisonous as fuck. Just like Natalie Sago. She's a poisonous son of a bitch. Of course they are. So, you know. So, oh, so you tossed those, huh? Just like she tossed. Uh, I almost I tossed them out front. Instead of two technicals, I had two Sago palms. And I tossed them out yeah. front and I planted them. They're going to grow up front. So Jeez, there you go. Man. And then also Brooks, too, with the clap back. He clapped in Booker's face and didn't get a technical after that. Yeah, I know. You can't do that either. Yeah. So well, then he's sitting on the court doing do. this. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> like he's double fisting. Bastard. Yeah, Air Jordan over there. Huh? His tongue out. <laughs> so <laughs> Air Jordan, he's like two feet off the ground trying to lay it up. <laughs> so obviously that did not go over well on the Grizzlies subreddit. Uh, somebody said, I'm all for women being refs, but not that woman. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and then and then they turned their eyes to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder made more threes in that quarter than he did when he was in Memphis. <laughs> which is kind of a funny comment. Uh, I really can't stand Shamit and his long ass forehead. Raiders of the Ark, Raiders of the Ark or Raiders of the Lost Ark skull. I was like, damn, dude, you got that. That's some, you know, it's Reddit. They always say the most fucked up things on Reddit. and, And you know what? Just for that. All I can say is Sham. Wow. Sham. Wow. On that dunk, huh? Jam yeah, he's it. had a couple Jam this it. year, man. He's yeah. like he's had like the dunks of the year. Um, I don't know anybody else who could dunk the ball better than him right now on the Suns. Yeah, he was he's not eating. He's got some sneaky. <laughs> he's so got some sneaky hops, man. Yeah, you know, and they, that's the second really time 
when he yeah, EJ always talks about Booker and his sneaky athleticism, but I mean Shamit, you just never see that coming. I think no. the his forehead does help with liftoff, probably. So yeah, without a doubt. So looking forward to see what he does. I, I think he's definitely solidified a spot in the rotation come playoff time, right? Like if we go eight to nine man rotation, it's Landry's getting heavy minutes in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yep. I sound very <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. yeah I, guess. I guess so. I dude, I don't know. I, I'm just really nervous still with this guy. I'm I'm confident, like no, I'm not. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Let's work through no, it. No, I just I'm excited for these players. Um our, our bench. I'm excited for um you know the potential they have in the playoffs. I really am, but you know, campaign and I just said, you know, he's playoff ready and champion, like we're gonna rely on those guys a lot. So I'm just, I'm nervous. I hope that they just mentally don't get inside their head. Like they just, yes, they keep it on the court. They keep focused with the team and they can just handle their business coming off the bench because they can get in their head really quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I'm really worried about those two, but I know they're ready. I think Shamit has done enough to prove that he is ready for those minutes, I so too. but I just got to keep, keep them locked in, man. Don't lose any kind of focus and just keep that focus on. Yeah, keep it going throughout the playoffs because it's the bench is going to be so vital in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen seen Landry in the playoffs with this team, right? No, we haven't seen Javale McGee. We haven't, you know. But again, I'm I'm not overly worried about. It. I think that he's playing fantastic. Uh, another comment from Memphis subreddit: Our bench is beating the healthy number one seed, coach of the motherfucking year. And then another guy said, and he ain't even coaching the game right now. Even the coaching staff is deep. So, I mean, they were having a good time with Taylor Jenkins being. Yeah, I would be saying the same tossed. stuff. Yeah. I, would be, just, I mean, come on. They, they had a hell of a season, dude. So they yeah. want that coach of the year definitely for their dude. And I don't oh, even yeah. know that's what their coach looked like. This is the second time I've seen him. So, yeah, Dan Duarte thinks that I'm a dead ringer for him. So if you want to know what Taylor Jenkins looks like <laughs> yeah. from the Memphis Grizzlies, simply go to the Sun's Jam Session podcast YouTube feed and you can see my face. Uh, and then the last thing that I wrote down is love seeing or uh, love just love just love. Some of these people just can't type. Uh, love seeing the butt hurt Chris Paul. Call Jake, fool. He's saying he should call Jake from State Farm. Boo. The point's gone. Listen, there was no butt hurt Chris Paul out there tonight. He barely played, man. Two for six. Eight points, eleven assists. Uh, was not fully engaged in this game either. You, you know he's he's trying to get to the playoffs too, and you can see it. Eleven assists. He's just sitting back and playing quarterback. The you know the mid range shot. He took like two or three of them in this game. Wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, so and I don't know why anyone would call him butthurt in this game. No, I I just said like he wasn't even worried about anything going on, anything that was going on in this game. He wasn't. Usually he's not hesitant to let any anger out towards DA and his hustle, right? If DA's hustling like that out there, Chris yeah. Paul's all over him. That yeah. never happened. They their game plan was again not to go out there and bust your ass, just to just to be out there. And Chris Paul just needs to be out there for a little bit. And then he'll be on the bench and he'll be ready to go against the Lakers in round one. No, a hundred hundred percent. If the Lakers make it, man. If the they're Lakers gonna make, make it. it, they're gonna no. because I don't want to play them, they're gonna fucking make it. No. It's not going to be the Spurs. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Uh, again, we talked a little <laughs> bit about Dylan Brooks, but I did, of course, have a drop for him outside of his flower. God damn it. I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worth bringing up twice. In a podcast like this where we're struggling, just bring up Dylan Brooks twice. A lot. God damn it. I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. 
I'll play the drop twice. Uh, you know, he went he went 11 for 28, 30 points, horribly inefficient night. Uh, and the one thing I'll say about him, you know, they talk about on the Bill Simmons podcast, irrational confidence guy, right? Like he thinks he's on Booker and Mitchell's level. Because I put Devin Booker and and uh, uh, Spider Mitchell on that like two guard. Like that's where Dylan Brooks thinks that he lives. He's got he's got a house on the same block as him. It's like, dude, you you live in the condo like three miles away. Yeah, but he needs to be that way to be in the NBA. He has to have that confidence, the irrational thing. I honestly that was that's what keeps him there. But he's more like a Jake Crowder or something, right? I mean, he's he's a guy actually I love coming out, coming out of college. I thought he'd be a really good defender and what he is right now. Um, I just I love that he thinks that and I hate playing against him. I hate to do just as much as yeah. you do, but yeah. when, the, when I thought that was it him we thought we were gonna get in a trade. Yeah, it was, we it, it was him was instead of uh who was it that we got instead though? I forget because I was I'm like, oh, we're getting Dylan Brooks. God, that that trade was so long ago. Who the fuck was I it? No. Whoever it was, hell? I think we just got rid of him, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously it didn't work out. We got rid of like the entire team before Chris Paul came. There's like four players mm-hmm. came. It was like Devin sure Booker, Mikel Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton were the only carryovers into the Marshawn Brooks. Marshawn, Marshawn Brooks? Brooks? No, that's not no. right. I, I know it was like something. Yeah, yeah they Kelly, mixed yeah, them up. Fabio's right. Like we got Kelly Oubre. It was a three-team deal that involved Kelly Oubre, but we thought we were getting Dylan Brooks in the uh in the deal maybe it was marshawn because i remember it was like the same name and then they mixed them up no i remember it too yeah it was dylan something or brooke something but anyways jamster jam star of the game all right jamsters a reminder hit the thumbs up button we didn't lose tonight hit the thumbs up button while you're here whether you're watching along live you're watching this later and again if you're listening to this podcast please subscribe rate and review do all those good things and let everyone know we're the best post-game podcast on planet orange is matthew i'm gonna go first i'm gonna give javel mcgee my jam star of the game the aforementioned javel mcgee 22 minutes played eight points 12 rebounds two savage blocks he had one block on brandon clark where he like blocked him down and then the spike the ball off of him and went out of bounds. And it was the sun's ball. Uh, he was the one constant effort and the only guy who could get a fucking rebound. It felt like. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be a night where I give it to Cameron Johnson with his comeback tonight, but it wasn't, wasn't happening. So I'm gonna give it to Booker. He's the only one playing full court defense towards the end of the game, wanting to get that win. I mean, it was true. Maybe he just wanted the 40 points. I think he just wanted the 40 points, but I kind of do. Uh, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, cherry, he, he cherry picked a couple baskets there at the end. You could tell, but he had such a good game tonight, and it was totally overlooked by the other for, for the rest of the team. So maybe Booker should just sit out. If if I'm Book, I'm like, if you guys aren't going to hustle or care, I'm just not going to play. Nah, you can't do. You can't start doing that shit going into the playoffs, man. That'll be some detrimental shit. Uh, next up for the Suns, they are playing on Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Matthew, do the Phoenix Suns win their 63rd game? Their record franchise franchise record. <laughs> <laughs> 63rd win of the game on Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, absolutely. I think this is it. This is the win. Um, I think it's you get the win here, right? And the starters start. They're all part of it. They get their 63rd, and then you start resting your dudes. So yeah, just go get out there and grab it. You're Unless going they're waiting to come home. Are they waiting to come home to get 63 with Maybe. the home crowd? Well, Maybe. and and that's and, and, that's, and teams, that's against so. the Lakers, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Against oh, the Lakers. LeBron. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be nice to get 63 against that team, though. And be like, hey, see you in the first round. 
<laughs> Just quote, quote that first round bullshit, man. I don't think that shit's gonna happen. All right, I hope not. Um, do they, they play him tonight, right? Yeah, it's forty-two yeah, to forty right now. The Pelicans are up. Yeah, I've been watching it on the side, kind of. What was the Clippers score? Holy shit! Is that right? Am I reading? That yeah, Giannis game? wasn't playing though tonight. Oh, okay. What did they score one seventy or something? It was like one fifty-two to one fifty-three to one nineteen. The Clippers beat the Bucks. Um, yeah, he didn't play again tonight. Yeah, the their leading score. Good lord! So thirty-two points from Amir Coffee, forty-three from Rocco, twenty-three from Luke Kennard. Fucking crazy, dude. Jeez. Eleven to eighteen from three. That's who. Robert. That's yeah, who I don't want to play. That's who I don't. I know, play. I know, but it's gonna happen. Well, and, we don't have do, to. And, if we play him, I'm confident that we can beat him. But I, I just rather not play him in the first round. Like you work all this, to. you know. So, yeah. Oh yeah, because it's gonna be the Lakers, right? Yep. <laughs> no, well, well, Clippers will win the first round, then they'll play the Mavericks, and then we'll play. I think we'll play the Mavericks in the Western Conference. So. Okay, I like that. I like that. We'll see, because I like playing against them. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, real quick, just so you guys know, they are the worst team in points per game. They average 103.9. They give up the uh, 111.5 points per game, 27th in the league in net rating, 27th in offensive, 17th in defense. So I really uh, – 163 is coming on Sundays, ladies and gentlemen. So you 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 can pump the brakes, and you can be fine. Childhood trauma. All right, Matthew, here it is. Childhood trauma. We haven't done this segment in a while, but that's what happens after losses. We've only had 15 of them this year. They're traumatic for us. They take us back to our childhoods, which were traumatic as well. Do you have any topics of discussion you want to talk about? I mean, we just hit it's April 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything, you know, Easter? Do you have any Easter trauma? Uh, did you bite into a rotten egg or anything as a child? What, what, do, we, what are you thinking? Okay, so this is actually, speaking of April Fool's, I was fooled pretty bad. This was actually okay. for my brother-in-law back in the day. And uh, both my brother-in-laws, they actually, I think I was um, 11 or 12 years old, maybe 10. I'll say I was pretty young. But um, so it was the end of the NFL season. And um, we we're watching some press conference. And Ray Lewis had a big furry jacket on. Okay. And all of a sudden the joke was, and I it was a joke, but it wasn't. I thought this was real. My brother-in-law was like, Oh, like they're 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 show they're showcasing their jerseys for next year. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, Yeah, because of the Ravens, they're gonna be wearing these big feathery <laughs> jackets. And they kept going team by team. They're like, Oh yeah, the 49ers will have gold helmets, the Giants will be on stilts. Um, they're talking about they they seriously like the cowboys, you know, everything. I was like, oh my, that's awesome. This is gonna be really cool. And I was so excited about it. And I and they went down the line, all 30 teams. And I got I got in the car, my sisters picked me up, and I was like, Oh, did you hear about the new uniforms and stuff? And like uh my sister Christy's like, I think that's that's not real math. I'm like, Yes, it is. And then they we called talked about it for 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. They called my brother-in-law and they're like, they're like, Did you lie to him about this? And like they're like, yeah, we're joking around. I started crying about it. I got so upset because I thought it was real. <laughs> and I started crying about it. And I seriously, the way they had me fooled, man, I was like excited for the next season and these new uniforms. And uh, it was just a big gag. But I don't know. I just, um, that's funny. I was really emotional about it because I was just so into it and just so excited that's about so it. That's so funny. Poor Matthew. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Though. And the Cardinals are going to dress up like red birds. I don't remember, but they were going off like, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, that's cool. That makes sense. They're on stilts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was trying to think. Like, I don't know if I've ever been pranked really, really good. 
you know, like the, the way to prank me is like to scare me with fake snakes and stuff like I, that's the kind of shit that scares mm-hmm. the shit out of me. Uh, I hate snakes. It's like, oh, my God, I hate snakes. Like they Ugh. slither. They don't have feet. They move funny. Um, but yeah, I don't think that anybody's ever gone out of their way or pranked me on something because like growing up in our family, we were very prank heavy. And like when April Fool's came around, like you just you didn't let your guard down at all. Like you would almost not talk to your siblings. I'm one of five. I'm the second oldest of five and the oldest boy. I have an older sister. And mm-hmm. like my sister was, oh, so my sister used to tell the scariest fucking stories ever. Right. And when I was young, the way that she would prank me, she would just tell me a very elaborate story. And she told me this one story where, where my dad's pigeon lofts were. When I was growing up in California, we had our house and then two houses over was a big plot of land that our landlord owned. She owned our house and then like a bunch of land in the area. My dad built pigeon lofts over there. So we used to hang out over there all the time. And there was like a house that was kind of like an abandoned house. And my sister once told me like one of the scary stories, middle of the day, told me one of the scary stories about like this fireman. Because every now and then you hear like a metal can, something hit a metal can. And she would just came up with like this eerie, scary. I mean, that scared the shit out of me for weeks. Like my sister was so good at telling stories and scaring the shit out of me. Uh, so that's not really me being pranked. That was just my sister would just scare me. I had a, my sister was such a bitch. Sometimes. Did you have any like haunted, haunted house experiences though? Or no? Were no, you, I know you, you have. Would haunt your house? Yeah, no, no <laughs> pigeons. The souls of dead pigeons yeah. did not haunt our house. I did. No, Maybe I we never. Do trauma where we talk about, oh, you haven't though, right? No, but I'd love to hear yours because I've heard some of yours and, you know, we should share those on probably our next one. But I've never had any experience where I was like, dude, that's a ghost. Like I've mm-hmm. never had that. My biggest fear growing up wasn't necessarily ghosts. Although my sister tried, it was always just like, we used to always have unsolved mysteries on, on in the house and like America's most wanted. So I was always just afraid of criminals. Mm-hmm. You know, I was afraid of people breaking into the house. And I had a friend who, and I, this is one of those things where I think my sister lied to me, but she said that somebody broke into our friend's house and while she was sleeping, like took out a saw and started sawing her friend's legs, and she woke up and freaked out. <laughs> and so I was always petrified in I the middle of night. Out. If I heard any bump or anything, I never thought it was ghosts. Jeez. I always thought it was somebody trying to break and enter. And then one time when I was a kid, I remember it was the night before baseball started. I was like seven years old. So I anxiety, I couldn't sleep. And I remember I was just like kind of sitting on my sill looking outside at like two in yeah. the morning. And all of a sudden, a guy jumps the fence, starts running through our backyard, and then the ghetto bird. <laughs> puts a spotlight on him and can and just can I'm like you know I grew up in LA so it's kind of crime ridden <laughs> yeah. but That's yeah it's, yeah it, I, criminals criminals scare the shit out of me they're fine. well they don't want anything to do with you really they're just trying to get away with stuff um yeah. they're kind of like sharks sharks don't give a shit about yeah, you yeah but when you, you, but, you, but, when you see unsolved <laughs> mysteries and you see America's most wanted like those are the people who go out of their way to hurt people. So that's exactly. what you think every criminal's like. They're not like, they're not there to get your TV they're they're there to get your life. What's the scariest really quick theme song? Is it the Unsolved Mysteries or Tales from the Crypt? No, because Tales from the Crypt never scared me. Oh, really? Tales from the Crypt, the the it was on late at night. Yeah, it was it was like I could see it, but I knew it was like TV. Unsolved Mysteries was talking about like real life stuff, and that scared the shit out of me. Sorry, Jamsters. Right, yeah. Sorry, happy April Fools. April Fools. On that note, Jamsters again, thanks for hanging out with us. The Phoenix Suns will win 63. We'll get it on Sunday. And you'll be here joining us live to watch that. Yeah. So, and don't be afraid to join us on losses. Like, what's this thing where we don't have a lot of people watching us? Like, it's Friday yeah, night. They're like, fuck it. I'm going spoiled, to the bar. Dude. That's true. Yeah, I'm going to go drink this one away. <laughs> hey, trust me. We're going to have plenty of people joining us here soon because the playoffs are about to start. 
And I guess here's a question I'll just throw out there briefly. I got this painting up behind me. I've had this thing up behind me for two seasons now. My question, Jamsters, and answer this either in the chat live if you're watching or if you go, if you're listening to this, DM us or leave a comment on the YouTube page. Should I throw this thing on eBay and sell this to the Suns fans? I've had this thing for a while. I kind of want to like create something new as my background. And I love to just throw this thing on eBay and let one of our Jamsters have an opportunity to take it home. Think hmm. about that, Jamsters. You can think separate that. yourself that from that, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I do love right. this thing. It's but, tough. But we'll see. Uh, right. On that note, again, subscribe, rate, review. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew, we'll see. Just don't follow him home like the ghosts do and the criminals do. Or please do. Go home, love your family. <laughs> <laughs> Go home and love your ghosts. <laughs>